Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast all about beers and video games. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here for this episode with Adol. Hey! Hey! Should we get straight into it? Yeah, this let's, week? Let's, let's make the most efficient episode ever. Oh, I can't believe I said those things. We, <laughs> we know how good I am at that. Absolutely. We're starting very, very late tonight. So our first episode is going to be our topic, which Adel and I are going to jump into um, and just ramble for 30 minutes or so uh, for this one before Lucy joins us a little bit later for games. Uh, so let's open up some beers. Adel, what are you cracking into? Uh, so this is a thing that um, it's uh, this month's Beer 52 is is what is um, all it's all Garden Brewery um, collabs. OK. And I wasn't going to pick them and I realized actually the last time we really talked about Bear 52 uh mini topic um was um was how we sometimes get disappointed in them as like the offerings are like either not unique mm-hmm. or like it, it just feels a bit stale and this is the kind of thing I missed that remember they used to do like this is the month of IPAs or whatever like they used to do especially in the early days or they're like showcasing a hop and mm-hmm. they'd have a whole bunch of from all over this is like, hey, Garden Brewery's collabing with 10 other breweries. So there's nice. 10 beers. I got, I think I have an eight box or something. So I got a bunch of them, right? Um, and that was it. It was, like, there was no like brewed for beer 52 filler kind of thing. It Good. was just like, nice. here, here nice. are a bunch of breweries I've heard of. Um, so I thought I would showcase that because like that's the type of thing I want out of my beer subscription. Yeah, yeah, that's and, and yeah. So anyway, uh, it's the Munich Hells, because it's still fucking hot out. So, a clean, crisp lager with bready and herbal notes, 4.4%. And it's, uh, Kwajak Brewery in Greenland. Okay. Kajak, maybe, depending on who's... Um, but yeah, Greenland's ice is melting faster than any time in the past 12,000 years. Ice loss was around a million tons a minute in 2019. So, nice little... Here's garden, here's... Mm, uh, nice. Jack and 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 in information, um. So yeah, uh, sixteen breweries. My bad. Um. And yeah, they seem to be, will be saying a lot about restoring the earth with some sort of tithe. I don't nice. know. Anyway, good. Yeah, so yeah. I'll crack this. But you, while I Perfect. pour and hopefully don't make a mess, you tell me about your beer. Yeah. Um. I am uh, also kind of going for a collab. Um, it's a new Bristol brewery beer, but it's a collab with Size, which is a clothes shop. Um, it's called mm. the Heavy Duty Beauty, which is a double dry hopped IPA at 7%. Um, it should have some flavor text. Um, all it says is Simcoe, packed and juiced up to the max. Expect pine needles on the nose alongside massive fruit aromas, a tropical Heavy Duty Beauty. Um, so this was a collab because they've done an... Oh, no, don't spill it. Oh, no. You wipe yourself up while I um, yeah. crack and talk about this. Um, so, um, New Bristol and Size. Um, I, I, I'm sure I knew what it was for, but it's gone from my mind. They made a beer to celebrate a shoe, an Adidas shoe. Um, Not on my mouse pad. Oh, no, it's gone everywhere, isn't it? It's all over the shop. Um, we were going to be tight and um, good, clean, easy episode today, but it's not. It's all going, it's all <laughs> you know, all over the place as usual with us. But yeah, uh, um, a collab to celebrate a shoe that's coming out in the shop size. 
and um, it's an Adidas one. I, I realise I'm sat here in a Nike top as well, just to go in the completely opposite direction. Um, but yeah, it's a seven percent beer. New Bristol Brewery do good beers. Doesn't really matter who it's with. It's going to be a beer. I mean, yes, they usually make beers. Yes, um, Adol, we'll come back to you. Are you poured? Yeah. Are you clean? Uh, I'm poured. I'm reasonably clean. Luckily, this fake pleather on the Secret Labs chair um, wipes beer off rather well, which was nice. my main concern. My shorts can... I already spilt some stir-fry sauce on them when I was cooking, so they were going in the wash. Yep. Um, ooh, that is crisp and zesty. Lemon zesty? Oh, what a good-smelling lager. It poured really well, but I like that it has a bit of haze to it. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it's like, of, a, like a Hellas of... is normally quite clear, so yeah. it's nice to see just that little bit of, of, of it being maybe just unfiltered. Yeah, I assume that's what it is. Um, oh, that's super refreshing. This is the beer I wanted all day long. Um, it's, I mean, it's a really good Hellas. Um, like I said, it's got that citrus zestiness, but really it's got some lovely Swedish sweet-ish um, apple-y um, notes to it, mm-hmm. which give it a nice round flavor. Um, and then, because um, it's a Hellas, it, it, it obviously it doesn't have a huge finish, but what is there is, again, a little light apple and uh, and your standard sort of, uh, which is just like our, our, a more apple version of a standard um, lager uh, finish. So light, mm. um, like I said, just a bit, a bit fuller, a touch fruitier than you would expect. Okay. Um, oh, this is, it's so light and there's such interesting taste. I don't think this is going to last long just because, <laughs> unless I get talking or I spill again. Mm. Anyway, uh, I think that's all I need to say. This is a really, really tasty beer. Uh, I'm going to look more for Quajack, uh, slash, I think this might be my first Greenlandish beer. Yeah. I don't think I've had anything from, uh, Greenland. Uh, like, like Lucy last week, actually, uh, uh, you know, a craft beer brewery in Jamaica. Be interesting to right, see yeah, a yeah. little bit more about kind of what there is around the world um, in terms mm-hmm. of craft as well. Um, so, uh, as I alluded to um, in the chat, the New Bristol Brewery and Size Club is with Adidas, um, and they've basically ah, yes. they've made a shoe and then matched kind of the beer and the colours, and there was. There you go. And there was then another one, another sh- a different Ooh. shoe. Um, you've got a preference? Nice light colors or I like the, the palette of the light one, but I would never wear it. Mm, the I, blue. Think. I think the blue, definitely the blue. The dark deep blues work yeah. a little better for, so for my the, type of shoe. Pick the correct beer to go along with that. Um, it's got a lovely big nose. It said it was going to. It's double dry hop, so you're expecting that. Mm. Lots of fruit. A lot of mango. Mm. That's really nice. You can see it's got a. Let's take it over this side away from my light. It is just a, a, not quite a solid block of colour as it sort of appears on there. Um, there's a little bit of lightness around the edges to it. Um, the head dissipated really quickly on there as well. But I like these glasses. These glasses have got, got a thick rim to them. You've got to get right in there. Mm. To... And you've got the, the special edition one, uh, the other one you got, the uh, like yes, factory. 
This yep. is the real one. This is the this is the left-handed giant one. The the the, the factory one, the one that doesn't have the left-handed giant, is, has a like, hey, put your logo here, kind of. Yeah, stamp a, on it. a placeholder um, thing. I, I think yeah, that's a collector's the edition, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll see if it's going on eBay for anything. Um, flavor-wise, this beer's lovely. It's very very easy. Um, bit of carbonation. There's a little bit of tingle when you kind of first kick into it. Um, and that pininess is trying to come in straight away, but I think it's maybe. Not overpowered, but it, it, it it's quite light, that pineness at the start. And it builds a little bit, or is at least that fruity flavour starts to disappear. The piney, uh, very slight bitterness comes out a little bit more. It's very, very light mango on the flavour. More in the nose than I'm actually getting on the on the flavour. And I think that's balanced again out by that that bitter that's slightly more dank slightly chewy um mouthfeel to it um balancing out that um fruity flavor a little bit just to pull it down it, it was quite sweet on the nose this is a little bit more ripe uh, mm. um maybe not just some mango in there maybe a little bit of kind of light honeydew melon something like that as well something that's maybe a little bit uh, um not bitter but a little bit kind of edging towards that way which then leads let's say nicely into that dank and into that piney bitterness which starts to ramp up sort of more towards the end the fruit sticks around quite a, a reasonable amount more so oh, than good. i would have expected um but it is up towards that double ipa kind of um range i think about seven percent seven yes seven percent so it's a bit bigger to allow that fruit to stick around just that that touch more um but it's very nice i mean just the nose has me kind of coming back I was going to say, I see you smelling it a lot. Now I'm curious, I mean, with a double dry hop, sometimes you can have a really stark difference mm -hmm. um, between nose and taste. And, and that's not, it can go, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm curious yeah. how well those are, um, let's say related for lack of a better term. Um, so, uh, yeah, the um, the nose is a bit sweeter basically. Mm. Um, but it's very inviting. It, it, it pulls you straight in. And then when you're presented with something which is a bit more, dank piney beer forward rather than it being say a juice bomb mm. it's, it's a it's quite a nice difference in those two that the nose is inviting it's sweeter it's pulling you in and then you're like here's a beer brilliant perfect exactly what i want um it's not that refreshing it's not going to quench your thirst on a day mm. like today because it is a little bit more chewy mouthfeel wise a little bit more sticky um but that's fine for me for a nice seven percent ipa so um, before we move on to topic, mm -hmm. I did want to just come come back to. There is a light, nice light, um, lingering bitterness that you wouldn't normally get off off of yeah. a Hellas. Um, but also it's not. I'm sure you can see it. It's not that carbonated. Um, which no. allows that sort of more fruity. That sort of the because again, those like appley notes aren't like in your face. But I think just because. The effervescence is lower. It's allowing that taste to come out a bit more. It's still obviously a lager. It still has enough bubbles that I'm not like, oh, this is flat. Um, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because like, if you were expecting the number of bubbles as a Stella, this isn't it. But that's mm -hmm. also a really good thing, I think. Nice, nice. Yeah. Perfect. Well, let's move on to our topic then. How do I? I'm going to let you lead in. Um, well, 
exactly <laughs> which one you presented earlier a bunch of topics uh, a bunch of talking points and things me, that you'd you? like to um to discuss we've only got uh, about 20 minutes until Lucy's yeah, sort of ready so, to jump in for uh, for the, you know um and join us i so. mean i was uh so i think i wanted lucy around because she has actually played the two of the games the two main games i want to talk about on mm-hmm. uh the more technical beer or games level yep so i'm trying to remember what the topic i well there was there was a ton there was um oh yeah i mean so the other thing is look diablo immortal (laughs) there's a whole bunch of coming around (laughs) microtransactions but i feel it would be a disservice to talk about it also without lucy because she is much more lenient on well, we got a breakthrough, and I don't want to speak for her, but it, maybe we aren't as far as I, we thought. But usually, it, it, it there's often a me shaking my fist at the world and Lucy being like, "Ah, people should own their consequences." And and I think though mm. that is true, there's some nuance, and also it's not as simple as that. So I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Although now I've colored it with these high level things and said we shouldn't talk about it. So instead, let's just throw it back at you because you did your E3 roundup, and I oh. still haven't done all of my e3 research okay. so you can tell me because that and that way you can just stop talking when the episode is near to be done but you can tell me what i'm looking forward to although i think we should both talk about the litany of final fantasy 7 stuff because lucy would rather us do that now <laughs> that's a very good idea um i should probably try and find my uh my article oh i, I have it bring up all of the things yeah so if you go to that you can see um a, a, a roundup of all of the different shows. There's so many. There's so many things to have to get into. And I know we talked about this um, previously. Uh, this this change to kind of E3. Whether it's good that we don't have this week where everything comes in. You know, where there was kind of like five main shows. Everything happened in that, and they were like, "Cool, we're done." Now we get show after show after show after show after show and occasionally things are shown more than once so say like for the state of play which happened the playstation one which was kind of the first thing that kicked off um and then summer games fest which happened maybe a week maybe five days after that both showed yeah. the Callisto project right so the playstation state of play showed just a trailer and then the summer games fest showed some gameplay and whilst I like the vibe from the state of play, it was the trait, it was the gameplay that kind of sold me on being like, "Yep, it's it. This is this looks good. This is what I kind I of mean, want I, from I, this game." Yeah, and I think jumping off of that, that's kind of how I view all of these things now. We're not an E3 where marketing is is has a very strong um, arm. Like mm. I. I mean, sure, if it's narrative or setting-based or, you know, I want to see the, like, what the directors or, like, what the game developers, like, want to show me is, like, this is a representation of. But I also just want to see the fucking game. Sure, I'm yeah. old now. Yeah. I don't want to waste my time with this. And so, like, if half of half a state of play is these, like, mini-movies mm-hmm. that are still not in-game or even, like, not or even, like, the cutscenes that they are putting on the disc. Oh, God, I said disc. Um, uh, it's like the FMV, isn't it? It's like the case yeah, but like being completely like, these different aren't even, to the game itself. Like, you know, yeah, but these aren't even the, the FMVs, right? Yeah, like these are just things that someone has cooked up. It's like okay, not to mention where it's like, well, I guess everyone's doing Dead Space. Well, I don't need to see three different directorial interpretations mm-hmm. 
of games that are interpretations of Dead Space. I'd rather at least see the gameplay of the interpretations of Dead Space. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's that's where I was with um, the Callisto Protocol. Um, it, it, as I say, the gameplay kind of really grabbed me because I'm watching it thinking, oh, this is a little bit more tight. It's a little bit more fluid than Dead Space. Um, mm. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the Dead Space remake, how they change that. You know, if they go for like the Resi treatment in a remake and they take away the tank control or potentially put a more tanky system in there for people to be able to use, but they've updated it in a way. But the Callisto Protocol looks a little bit more reactive um, than than kind of Dead Space was, um, even though it is just more of that crumbly, dank, grimy, gritty space station where only half the lights work, everything sparks, and there's horrors hanging around. Great. I like that kind of stuff. That's fine. Um, but it's 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 something that kind of jumped out more and more as we you know uh, have said. It was more the shows that were um, which ones the Tribeca Games show um, and the uh, Day of the Devs, where mm. they got into it more with the developers. So some of the games that they showed had a reasonable like five or six minutes. It wasn't just, yeah. here's a minute and a half trailer, here's a minute of gameplay, you know, alpha kind of footage. It was, here is the game. This is what we're doing. Here are our influences. These are a few of the things you can kind of expect. Here is some gameplay. And I'm like, great. This is like a mini yeah, interview. All- this is perfect. Yeah, and I think, like, the cynical part of me is like, oh, some marketer realized that, boy, do parasocial relationships sell and like sh- giving a face to a game is really smart. Yes, absolutely. That's the cynical part of me. But like the honest part of me is, but also that that I'd rather have someone in like five sentences be like over top of what the game is. Tell me what their vision is, where it came from, etc. Then, like I said before, um, then some other person talking to the game devs and then because they are a like trailer director because mm. often the trailers aren't like directed by the same people as the video game because that's a different skill set yeah absolutely. so then it's just like an interpretation through that person of whatever they gathered from the team i'd rather the team be like hey this is what i, I these are the things i want here's it actually happening and yeah i'm not going to have the same like intense vibe but i look video games aren't aren't movies right i'd rather see Mm. the video game be a video game and that's a thing it's taken me a while to figure out and learn and i'm glad that the um i'm glad that oh there are a lot a lot of developers and publishers who have figured that out too yeah absolutely um if you want to uh (laughs) you know your video games not being movies versus your, you know, thing video games being movies. Have I got a press release for you, sir, that I shall send over to you about oh, a video really? game movie <laughs> that's coming out very soon. Um, on, I suppose, a different note, um, a lot of stuff, you know, and it wasn't necessarily like a trailer alluding to the tone and kind of what was going on. There was a trailer for a game called The Invincible, which is a like a first person. I don't know whether it's a shooter. Um, mm. The trailer didn't show much shooting, but it was all kind of in-game stuff. So it's first person. You're on a planet and you are exploring 
said planet, chatting to someone over a, a headset. And you're kind of walking around and there's lots of clues, there's lots of exploration that you've kind of got to do. Um, if you want to search for it, type in the Invincible game because there's lots of stuff that, that the Amazon um, anime comes up before kind of anything else. Um, oh, I mean, Google knows me too well because they immediately gave me a Steam page. Oh, good. Nice. Um, okay. it, it just looks... Like, in- you don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> the trailer kind of gave the tone. Mm. It gave a little bit of what you were going to be doing in the game. Um, and it is intriguing enough that it kind of got that balance right in here is the stuff that you will probably be doing 80% of the time. There's maybe another 20%, which is a little bit shooting. Maybe there's a few puzzles and things like that. Mm. But it's a very well-polished-looking experience. And I like something these days that I can take at my own pace, that I can just wander around an environment that I'm not put under pressure 90% of the time, that it's going to be an excellent balance. And I think the trailer did enough to sort of say... Yeah, there's other kinds of there's other stuff, but we're not showing you that right now. This mm. is the this is the vibe of the game. This is what you're going to get most of the time, and I think it was just a very well presented uh, um, trailer of gameplay for something that I hadn't heard of before. Like, what is yeah, this? Wow, this is this is great. You know, I, I don't know why space is a big kind of thing at the moment. One of my other picks was Boundary, okay. which is an F, which is a which is a shooter, a first person shooter, but set in. Mm. Um, set in space so you're flying around in zero g around uh, the outside of a space station shooting at people which looks absolutely nuts in terms of how you would traverse around those kinds of things but space had this big kind of thing for me this year um so i think that's kind of my psychoanalyze why (laughs) yeah (laughs) we could um so i i think they're my big kind of picks really there's lots of little things as well that i like the look of like time flies and angerfoot um lucky luna uh, chia um the cub as well was a really good Mm. um um from the tribeca first tribeca games spotlight or showcase or whatever they call Mm. it um the cub was a, was a, a, a great game because it again gave you a lot of backstory, gave me a lot of kind of the devs going, "We wanted to do this. This is what we're looking at. These are the kinds of things," and and telling me, telling the viewer that um, it's kind of come from uh, Golf Club Wasteland. It's sort of a sequel. It's kind of a prequel, but it's set in the same sort of universe, which is really right. good to see them doing a completely different game, but almost like. Um, what are their faces who do the Steam World games? Uh, them oh. making lots of different yeah. kinds of games, all yeah. sort of tangentially linked within this kind of universe. Uh, or the Endless Amplitude doing the Endless kind of games, Endless Legend, right. Endless yeah, Dungeon, yeah. You know, very different games, but all set within this kind of mythos. Um, yeah, what I like about that approach is is because they're different games, and like usually they're not explicitly in the same universe. It's so much more an aesthetic and a vibe that can carry mm-hmm. through different genres, and mm-hmm. like, and then, and it matters a lot that these people aren't like so focused on. Well, how does this make sense? Because yeah. it's not about plot holes and vibes versus things like Halo, which they should do that, and then they don't, and then it's all like 
cumbersome, we'll say. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's jump in then to the the, the the Final Fantasy VII anniversary thing. I think this has been the last um, stream or the, the the latest stream. I don't think there's been anything that has kind of called itself E3 or Summer Games something or something else uh, um, since. There is an Annapurna showcase coming up in a f- in about a week, um, but. I watched the Final Fantasy VII anniversary broadcast, and it ran like absolute shit. Um, watching was it on, on YouTube? No, I, well, it was on YouTube, but I think they were streaming to Twitch and then using whatever internet magic to put it straight onto YouTube. Oh, yeah, to restream. YouTube, like, with restream or something like that. So, it, the, the, Although, it was uh, it was running at, like, 10 frames a second oh, God. In, some of the, in, in some of the elements. And it was... It also like cut out about five minutes in because there were no subtitles, and then suddenly they kind of like reversed it and then played the same thing oh, with God. subtitles over the top. So whoever was running that had an absolute shit show and has probably been absolutely bollocked, um, oh. unfortunately. Um, but what was shown was like kind of being a big Final Fantasy VII fiend. The stuff was kind of fine. I'm like, yeah, all right, sure. Um, I mean, I think in the background, for those of you who don't know, Square Enix sold to THQ Nordic slash Embracer, Embracer, the bigger group. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, all of their Western IP mm-hmm. recently, um, which is, you know, your Tomb Raiders, your Deus Exes, etc. Um, Lots of stuff and, it wasn't doing anything with. <laughs> yeah, stuff they weren't developing with, but it's like... Not like the IP is the where the money is because mm-hmm. people well, you know people will buy these games, um. But also, they have were up until well, including now, very much in the we're going to Konami went for Pachinko and Square Enix went for NFTs and play to earn. Um, oh, which they, is they, they, they backed off that in the last couple of weeks big time I, I mean they have backed off on it but you know that this sell-off was like to fund into this nonsense or like mm. we're, or something along those lines like and so to see um one of their most beloved games in arguably their most beloved franchise just be mined for nostalgia dollars like that's so Without that background of knowing just how they're approaching IP and how they're like business forward, mm-hmm. you don't seeing this list of games. You're like, wow, they're really trying stuff. It's like, no, they yeah. are milking stuff. Mm-hmm. Is, is I don't have any respect for this platter of FF Seven stuff as a platter because I know where it's like coming from. That's not to say I don't respect the individual things on the platter. I'm just saying the fact that it's like, oh, it's the 25th anniversary and we've got. A million things, mm. and half of them are the same thing that you've seen before, but with new sprites. I guess maybe I don't know what's a. So it's it's interesting because stuff like the Crisis Core remake didn't look that much of a a, a jump. You know, it's not at the same level of the Final Fantasy VII remake. It very well, much yeah. looks much more kind of. It's a remaster. Oh, it's a Sorry. remaster rather than a remake. Oh, okay. well, so I think I mean normally this wouldn't matter because it shouldn't matter for what you're saying because you're talking about like fidelity and stuff. Yep. But the remake of FF7 was a 
reimagining. Yes. Along a reimagining is a much better term. Yeah, I know why they didn't say that in the early marketing and release of the game, but I would call this the FF7 reimagining trilogy. Yeah. Um, and we and they did say they finally like said out loud, it's three games. The second one's coming out soon. Oh, do you think? Well, next year th- th- they decided. You know, it was called Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's then called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Do you think the third one's just going to be called Reimagining? <laughs> Everyone's no, coming I, up I think, with these crazy. I think it's too many syllables for their marketing team. <laughs> it, it. I really want it not to be re something. Just mm. to fuck up the the alliteration. <laughs> uh, remake, VII, rebirth. Oh, what would it be? Re- Just part oh, three. It'll be like finished. return, yeah. and it's going to be a loop narrative loop yeah, game. Absolutely. Like, Look, keep playing it, and next yeah, yeah, year yeah. we're releasing the remake too. Yeah. Um, now yeah. So have it all Core, on two discs. Yeah. Crisis Core is hilariously called Reunion. Um, uh, that's the prequel, right? So. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, Reunion being the title of a prequel yeah, to well, a prequel so to the game. Again, reunions and things, that's all a big part of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, so I can kind of see why they might have chosen that. But yes, in terms of the marketing... I would imagine they're saying, no, not Ryu. No, I know it makes sense for the story, but please don't call it that. Um, yeah, and so what I will say is I'm really happy that... Um, like, I've been thinking about selling my PS4. I don't know mm. if it's worth anything, but I just don't use it. I, I yeah. don't think it's been turned on in months, right? Yeah. And it's better money in my pocket than... Absolutely. Right? Um, but one of the reasons I haven't has been I haven't finished the re- the remake. Um, sure. And remake Intergrade mm. is on Steam, and it's the better version of the remake, which I already felt weird about when it's like oh, I haven't finished it. Now there's a better oh, stupid <laughs> brains, um, and so it's like oh well, you know what? Like that's like sure there would be more money on a game I own, mm-hmm. but also I could sell the PS4. And then half of that because you're straight to the game, go to the game that isn't stopping me from selling the PS4, right? um, A lot of the time, um, I I don't know whether Square Enix have a deal with Epic because I think it comes out on the Epic Games Store before it came out on Steam as well. Um, And Epic Games Store are very good at being like, hey, you've spent £5 with us over the last... 15 years mm. have a 10 pound voucher so yeah. actually and they put it on sale all the time so you know you might be able to get it for like five quid so it's not yeah. exactly like you're having to shout out another 50 pounds or so to you know get oh. the get the game again to be like i do want to play this again well and the other thing is and finish it, it, i actually sort of. bought it on disc yep so i can sell the disc as well yeah absolutely. right like yeah. like yeah there's i'm not making all that money back which is like oh there's like a lot of easy ways of dealing with this mm. Um, and, oh, except Bloodborne. Those were the two games. <laughs> I mean, Bloodborne is one that you may never play anywhere else. I know PlayStation are kind of making moves into the PC space um, with their exclusive and first-party developed mm. games, but I think Bloodborne is a a, a a PS4-only game. Yeah, it's it's... 
it's why now I remember because I've had I have a copy of Bloodborne I got for ten quid, mm. and it's like I'd like to play. I like I I was like ah do I care? But it's like oh I really like Elden Ring, and I've heard in some ways obviously Bloodborne's a more FromSoft game, but a lot of people say it's the best FromSoft game. While mm. Elden Ring is clearly the best FromSoft game, <laughs> um, it's different. What's it's kind don't of... at me. I just, I just mean in the sense of like there's so much more flexibility and it still has all the same elements. So everything you can do in Bloodborne, you can do in Elden Ring. Sure. Yes. In that in that sense. Yes. I mean, having I think... not played Elden Ring. Yeah, uh, Some, so someone's going to at me and tell me how the linearity is is the key and like you can't you can pretend linearity is different. Fine. I just mean um yeah, these are this is why I want to play Bloodborne because it a lot of people think it's a quintessential FromSoft game for specific reasons that you can't just that that like they've moved away from. Yep. Um so that's Final Fantasy VII. It is. Um, so I'm going to, um, just to give us one more minute, and then we'll jump back into our beers and finish out this yeah. little chat before we get Lucy back on for uh, the next episode. Um, I'm just going to run through the games that I think people should look at. Um, so from the State of Play, mm. I picked Stray. Uh, from the Summer Games Fest, I picked the Callisto Protocol. From Dare the Devs, I picked Time Flies. From the Devolver Direct, I picked Angerfoot. From the Netflix Geeked Week, I picked Lucky Luna. Uh, from the Epic, Epic Games Showcase, I had uh, Chia, um, which is a game which we've seen lots of and has been pushed back to next year. Um, from Tribeca, I picked The Cub. From Gorilla Collective, I picked Boundary. From the Wholesome Direct, I picked Paradise Marsh. From the Future Games Show, uh, I picked The Last Faith, which is a very loosey game. Um very, very incredibly like uh, blasphemous. It's like a Castlevania game, but for much more modern kind of sensibilities, death animations, mm. those kinds of things. It's really good. Uh, from the um, Xbox and Bethesda Games at Showcase, uh, I picked a Plague Tale Requiem because, of course, um, PC gaming show was the Invincible uh, and the Capcom Showcase. I picked Street Fighter Six, which wasn't actually shown at the Capcom Showcase. It was shown in the pre. 30 minutes before the Capcom showcase. Um, mm. There's also 10 Years of Dragon's Dogma. Does that count? I didn't pick anything from that because it's just, just, just the Dragon's game. Dogma and the second one's going to be main, I'm sure. Um, from the Final Fantasy VII, 25th anniversary. Uh, again, I don't think I had a pick. It's just, yeah, it's Final Fantasy. Cool. Was there a specific... Because uh, there's a bunch of games we didn't mention, but is there any of them that like actually jumped out at you versus... Look, I... Well, pro- like, oh, the ones that are coming in mobile and they're free, I'll probably try it. You know, like, is, was there something like, oh, that is something I'm interested so in? So the, um, I think, again, not jumping into a debate about kind of like graphics and things like that, but the um, Ever Crisis, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which is the mobile right. version, and it's going to be every game. So it's all of the Final Fantasy VII games. So it's Crisis Core, it's Dirge of Cerberus, it's Final Fantasy VII, and they have been kind of, again, it's a remake, and you can see the difference in that the, the, the graphics have been uplifted to this kind of slightly more chibi kind of view. Not not exactly chibi, but it's, it's on that kind of level. And then in the combat, at least with the Final Fantasy VII part, um, 
it looks much more like the remake of Final Fantasy VII, or a little bit more maybe Dissidia kind of levels mm. of uh, graphics. Um, you know that again that that PS4 kind of or PS3 end of PS3 beginning of PS4 kind of level. Uh, of graphics that's been brought into it, kind of like two contrasting styles between here is the, the here's the game, here's the story, here's the running through the world versus the combat, which they're doing different things with as well. It's not just mm. exactly the same battle system. It's looks a little bit more like card based and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what they have shifted around. But being able to play all of that, kind of just tapping away on my phone, start to finish, cool. yeah, 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 start to finish, absolutely is is yeah. Because the thing I like that got me then, I know the narrative isn't by modern standards and the adult standards is like going to be different but it, it that's a, the reason i've replayed that game the most of any other game except maybe super mario one although i've only mm. beat super mario one a handful of times um is because of the story and my emotional attachment from you know when i was an impressionable youth and yes. all that stuff right like and so this i don't i mean yes i do care about the battle system i like jrpg old school jrpg styles and like ff 16 being not that has me like part of me is like oh. <laughs> uh but like if i want to sit through and like i haven't played all of the bits and bobs of the, that consistently or as much so i would love to like the start to finish for the narrative reason yep especially on my phone if it lasts oh mine started doing some funny things yeah it's new it's new phone time for me yeah mm. Good, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we can sit there and play it, you know, alongside, not quite alongside each other, but you know, at the same oh. kind of time as well, which would be uh, quite nice. Um, perfect. Um, a, a very swift roundup on uh, beers. Then um, I, I would say for mine, I don't have much more to say. It, it remained as good at the end as it did at the start. The dank piney notes faded a little bit, but the fruit stuck around. The fruit is the thing. That, that stayed with this beer. Um, you can't go wrong with a new Bristol Brewery beer. Um, no. But yeah. They've, they've the, been the doing really well this year, I would say. Yes, they have. Over oh, the last two years, I'd say. They've yeah, been absolutely smashing it. Yeah, completely. Because um, they so, used yeah. to be, not not to say that I have like a, like everyone has a ranking of like local breweries and they weren't all the top when I first moved here and started yeah. having beers and they've definitely floated up. Absolutely. But again, they were they were kind of one of the first craft beer breweries in bristol so they have that bit of a peak i suppose they had a little bit of a, a little bit of a trough where they kind of maybe languished a little bit um but yeah. they, they've absolutely hit into oh, yeah. uh, their the stride the is great years. yeah yeah like, completely so, and having an adidas sorry adidas collab is very strange to me i mean i know it is, it's like it is. Um, via size but still what a weird yeah i like the kind of like half tron half back to the future uh, can art as well. Uh, oh, yeah, that heavy, is very good. Heavy duty beauty is Ooh, that. Bit. I'm gonna, so it's, it's, it's I mean, good. my interest has peaked. Um, for me, uh, I just want to add that um, the they said bready and herbal notes. I didn't get as much bready. I mean, mm. it's a bit, but the herbal notes. What I found interesting is that was a, a little bit of the herbal notes, and like I said, that bit a bit of bitterness on the finish. About a third of the way through, my palate got used to that. And actually, like, these last sips, it's remarkably sweet. Mm -hmm. That sweet appley taste is, like, by far the, the thing you will notice on the finish. And you have to, like, look for some of those deeper, slightly bittered notes because you, your palate just, like, as we do with beers. But I found that really interesting 
because it ended so because of that it just ends really light my last step was just like oh this was a light sort of hit of loggery appleness great where's my next one yeah um <laughs> you know like immediately because the the in the beginning my i was sipping a little less frequently because there was a bit of that bittering there was like stuff going on but as soon as my palate got used to it it was like nope hmm yeah good nice yep. nice perfect so uh that's this episode uh then for uh today our topic episode coming first so stick around friends viewers, lovers, for the next episode where we were jumping into the games uh, that we have been playing. And I think there's going to be a, a very shelled theme to the uh, to the next episode. But join us then. Oh, if, you can't, if you can't wait, go to outoflives.net to look at all of the other things. You can take a little rundown of um, the E3 shows as well. A little bit more explanation mm. into the picks that I have uh, put up too. Um, we are Tanked Up Cast on the socials. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adel is. At the Omniarch. And it would be really brilliant if you get in touch with us. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Let us know what you think about the beers that we drank or the games that we have been discussing. Or your pick for the E3, not E3, Summer Games Fest, IGN games thing jamboree what well, i don't fucking know what the, these things are called um yeah let us know um or as i say go to outlives.net to look at all of the other stuff we do thank you very much for joining us for this episode we've been tanked up and we shall see you very very soon goodbye ciao www.outoflives.net